The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. Wanting to justify himself, he asked, And who is my neighbor? Do you know your neighbors? You may have lived by your neighbors for many years, uh, and, uh, and you may know their names, maybe not. <laughs> you may... Uh, know a little bit of details about where they work or if they're retired, maybe some details about their family. Do you really know them? Do you know their hopes, their dreams, the things that they're passionate about? Do you know what they're afraid of, what they're worried about, anxious of. Do you know your neighbors? It is something that seems to us to be fairly easy, right? You know, it reminds me of this text from Deuteronomy where it says, uh, surely this commandment I am commanding you today is not too hard for you. <laughs> right? It's just your neighbors. They're just people. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it should be that hard to know 
what's going on in your coworker's life. To, to share life with them. These people that you're living right next to, rubbing shoulders with all the time, doesn't think, seem like it should be so hard, yet it's hard. Maybe not for everybody. Some, some of us seem to be especially gifted in, uh, in sharing life with, with others. Maybe it's through being extra verted or things like this but you know I think for most of us even people who are extroverted you know just because you like being around people doesn't mean you're taking the time to get to know them right you can have a fun time but not really be sharing life I think really this is a hard thing to love your neighbor You know, case in point, we've been doing these party pail things, and there may be any number of reasons why we still have three sitting out there, but we still have three sitting out there. (laughs) Why do we have to read a book and study it for months and invite a guest speaker in to talk about stuff that by his own admission, he didn't write anything new? This is just the most basic stuff. But we need to hear it. We needed to read a book because we aren't doing it. And even now, we're struggling. And, and I'm including myself in this. Let me tell you, we had kind of an embarrassing uh, situation in our life here recently. Uh, you know, one of the first neighbors that we met when we first moved into the neighborhood, uh, um, you know, we found out recently uh, while we were caught up in the busyness of life, we found out after the fact that he had died. And we hadn't even noticed. Eek! <laughs> this, is, this is hard stuff. Neighboring. but it is how Jesus would have us live. How easy it is to be like this priest, this Levite, and to even see people. I mean, to to know that they're hurting, but to come up with some excuse to justify our not wanting to get involved, our not wanting to be inconvenienced, I'm going to give them privacy, give them space. We come up with all these reasons why we don't need to open up our lives to them. But that's exactly what God wants us to do. To be willing to be inconvenienced. (laughs) To set our timetable and agenda aside to put our neighbor and their needs front and center. Jesus illustrates this beautifully in this well-known parable. This unexpected act of mercy. Unexpected because the Samaritans and uh, the Jewish people, they did not get along with the, the to put it lightly. We might remember, was it just last week, the, Jesus was traveling through the Samaritan villages and uh, they would not receive him. 
Uh, and uh, uh, James and John said, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? <laughs> Jesus was like, settle down, boys. <laughs> no, the Samaritans and the Jewish people did not get along. And there were maybe some reasons that they had for these things. Uh, and and we, you can explore that in, you know, in history. But the fact of the matter is that this Samaritan comes along and that it's a Samaritan who is the hero, if you will, of the story, who is willing, more so than the religious people, the professionals, the priest, the Levite, to take the time to walk over, investigate, put himself in danger. I mean, this road from Jerusalem to Jericho was well known for robbers and thieves and uh, you know, to have somebody look like they're all beat up over here and, and you get off your donkey and you walk over and you're stooping down to investigate. Meanwhile, they come out of the, from behind bushes and rocks and beat you and take your stuff. This was, you know, a tactic people could use. But he puts his own personal security to the side he stops what he's doing, going from one place to another, and he opens up his life for this other person. And what a way in which he did it. He takes the time to bandage the wounded man's wounds, to pour oil on them. That's the medicine of the day, to, uh, to put the man onto his own donkey and to uh, take this man to an inn to stay the night with him, keeping vigil over him to care for him. He's able to continue on. He has to go on doing what he's doing, but he, he enlists the help of the innkeeper, pays him extra money, says, look, I'm good for the money. Whatever else it takes to care for him, care for him, I'll be back. And, and you, can, you can charge me then. I'm good for the money. Talk about going above and beyond, right? Seems extravagant. Maybe it is. But if you're the one left half dead on the side of the road, and you're the recipient of that mercy, you are nothing but grateful. Who is the neighbor. Who was the neighbor, Jesus says. He says to ask the question, who is my neighbor, is the wrong question because you're trying to define by saying, okay, well, this person's your neighbor and this person's your neighbor and this person's your neighbor. Uh, unless you're going to say everybody's your neighbor, <laughs> saying who is my neighbor is saying, well, who's not my neighbor? Who do I not have to open my life to? Who do I not have to extend this kind of mercy to? Who do I not have to upend my life and my schedule for? Jesus says, that's the wrong question. Jesus says, your question should be, when you wake up in the morning, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor today? God, show me who my neighbor is going to be. How can I be neighbor to them. 
Not who's my neighbor, but how can I be a neighbor? And then it is everybody you meet. It's not everybody, right? Because if Jesus had said, you know, well, who's to the answer to the question, who's my neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor. Well, pretty soon nobody's my neighbor, right? Because that's just way overwhelming, right? Love everybody. Okay, it sounds good. And yes, we should. But let's start with the people that you're actually meeting. Right? The people that you're actually rubbing up against and and next to in life, right? Where God planted you. That, that is what Jesus is saying here. So how can I be neighbor today to the people I meet, to the people in my own house? How can I really see them and hear their concerns, listen to them? The people that I live around and work with spend my time near. How can I be neighbor to them? Jesus says to show mercy to those who need mercy. This is what it means to be a neighbor. He says, go and do likewise. But as I said already, this is hard. And we're just not good at it. (laughs) So where does that leave us? We're like the man left half dead on the side of the road. Not really able to do much at all other than just kind of moan and groan. (laughs) And then comes along a stranger. Unexpected. Undeserving are we to receive the care that he gives. This stranger, this Samaritan, this good Samaritan comes along and he bandages our wounds. Those physical ailments that we have, but more so those emotional wounds that we have that keep us from wanting to open our lives to anybody, (laughs) let alone the people that we have to share our life with, Oh, you want me to love Bob? Oh. But Jesus, that good Samaritan, binds up those wounds. He heals us. He extends to us forgiveness and mercy and grace when we were incapable and frankly unwilling to do what he asks us to do, to live as he would have us live. He binds us up. He tends to us. He feeds us with his own food of immortality, his very own body and blood in the bread and the wine given for us to strengthen us in faith, trusting in the promise of his love that he is good. And having been the recipient of such mercy, how do we then live? Think of that man that was left half dead after he has received the care from this good Samaritan and then the innkeeper at the expense of the good Samaritan. Whether or not he ever met that good Samaritan again, 
How do you think he lived? Do you think if he passed by somebody on the road who looked like they needed assistance that he would pass them by? I don't think so. I think he would think back to that time when he was left half dead. And he would make room in his life, clear his schedule, be willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of that one. And in thanksgiving to the one who had cared for him. Go and do likewise.